Welcome back to Keep Your Pads Down. You're tuned in to the podcast devoted to you defensive line coaches. So wherever you're checking us out today, thank you for giving us a listen. Happy Tuesday to you guys on the first day of February after another wild weekend in the NFL that again saw two uh, unbelievable playoff games come down to the wire. And and uh, wow, how about the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals clawing their way back to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs and, and earn a spot in the Super Bowl for the first time in like, I think it's like 30 years, something like that. Uh, and then the Rams, you know, who loaded up with free agents uh, in the offseason and, and before the trade deadline with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. They're now one game away from all of those moves paying off. So a lot of intrigue in this Super Bowl, I think. Several interesting storylines to follow and legacies on the line in this one. So really looking forward to that. Also coming out this weekend, Tom Brady retiring, at least we think. Uh, so that's huge news as well. I don't know um, if you've been able to watch uh, any of the uh, the Man in the Arena documentary that's out there, but it you know, chronicles uh, Brady's career with the Patriots. And I uh, haven't finished it, but I'm kind of um, about three-quarters of the way through it. And, man, I love it. It's it's just fascinating to watch. Uh, even though I've, I've never really considered myself a huge Brady fan, I do have a ton of respect for his work ethic, his ability to play the game at such a high level for such a long time. And, he will definitely be missed by the, uh, the NFL if he is, in fact, retiring. But, hey, you know what? We're not here to talk NFL football. We're here to talk some D-line play and highlight another outstanding D-line coach on this episode, which is actual episode number 120. I screwed up on that last week. I called that one episode 120. I've never been accused of being a math whiz, uh, so forgive me for that. I forgot how to count. But this week really is our 120th episode. And we have a great one lined up for you today. And we will get to our conversation today with Coach Matthew Beeler here in just a few minutes. But first, I need to tell you about a couple of our sponsors, with the first being our friends at Our Coaching Network. Clinic season is upon us. In fact, I just got back from the Dallas-Fort Worth Clinic uh, this past weekend. Had a great time. That's always a great clinic that those guys put on up there. But, hey, if you aren't able to make it out to an in-person clinic this year and you want to catch some great football clinics from the comfort of your own home, then you should check out our friends at Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels and help them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a couple nights a week, and we'll have hours of high-quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. Uh, also, you guys might remember that last spring, we partnered with Our Coaching Network to put on a four-hour D-line clinic. Well, be on the lookout for a similar clinic coming to you this spring. I uh, don't think it'll be another D-line clinic, but I think it's going to be something you'll be uh, interested in and definitely want to check out. So more details on that to come. But the bottom line is that you need to go and sign up with Our Coaching Network today. Subscriptions are super affordable, and you can cancel at any time. Start connecting with and learning from coaches from all across the country today with Our Coaching Network. Next up, National Signing Day is tomorrow. So how are you promoting this awesome accomplishment and the athletes who have achieved it? Well, if you don't have a great answer to that question, then you got to go check out my guys at GoEdit Graphics. GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images of their templates to make it your own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and signing day graphics, just to name a few. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. GoEdit Graphics is a great way to showcase all of your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. And in fact, they've added some really sharp-looking new templates this year that you'll want to go check out. And just like last season, 
Mention keep your pads down when you're ordering and receive $25 off your Showcase yearly package. Showcase your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. Okay, so today I'm thrilled to be talking with Katie Pato, defensive line coach, Matthew Beeler. Coach Beeler and the Pato Panthers are fresh off their school's first ever state championship, an impressive feat in and of itself. Uh, it's really difficult to win a state championship, but it's even more impressive considering that the Panther program has only been in existence for five years. Uh, Coach Beeler is originally from Katy and played tight end for the Katy Tigers, where he helped the Tigers to an appearance in the state championship game as a senior. Uh, from there, Coach Beeler walked on at Texas State, where he played defensive line for the Bobcats. And then after that, Coach played some arena ball to wrap up his playing career. Uh, Coach began his coaching career at Hempstead High School, where he was there from 2009 to 2012. And he helped the Bobcats to an appearance in the state championship game in 2011. From Hempstead, Coach moved over to Cypress Ridge High School before moving over to Katy Pato High School, where he helped start the program from scratch in 2017 and then bring home that program's first ever state championship this past season. Today, Coach Beeler and I talk about the Panthers' defensive read and react front and how they coach up their head up and shade techniques on things like stance, steps, keys, et cetera. They have a really a unique way of playing defense and especially their defensive line. I think that you'll enjoy hearing it. And also, since Coach Beeler is the strength conditioning coordinator at Pato, we also get into how they structure their offseason and things they're doing in the weight room this winter and spring to help get their guys ready to defend their state championship in 2022. A ton of valuable information in our conversation today. So grab your notepad, your G2 pen, and settle on in. Here is Coach Matthew Beeler on episode number 120 of KYPD. Coach Beeler, first of all, congratulations on the uh, the state championship, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, Coach, you're a uh, you're a Katy kid, born and raised, uh, and now you're there coaching at Katy uh, Pato. Am I saying that correctly? Is it Pato? Pato? Yes, sir. Pato. Yes, sir. I'm sure you guys have that name butchered all the time. In fact, I don't know if I actually knew what it was the, the correct way. Didn't know how to say it until I until I watched y'all's. Uh, state championship game and I was just trusting that those guys had it right so yeah. uh, anyway well so now you're there and um and it, you guys are just coming off again a historically uh, great season for your program there uh capping off a state championship over college station a really strong college station team uh, but let's back up a little, little bit and talk to us about how you know, you're introduced to the game of football and what made you want to become a coach I'm sure growing up in a football town like Katie uh, that was probably something that was um you know, football was something that was always at the forefront of your mind. Is that is that right? Uh, I mean, I, I just grew up a sports kid. I mean, uh, mom was a huge Cowboys fan. Uh, dad was a big Chiefs fan from where he grew up. And um, was actually a big baseball kid growing up. Um, just we, we got to pick one sport. Um, I'm one of six kids. Uh, so we, we got to pick one sport. And easiest and probably cheapest thing to do was, was to just play play spring baseball um growing up and then got to junior high and um started started football there and just you know grew to love that a little more than football and um went to katie uh you know surprisingly to, to a lot of people people who know me in high school they don't think it's that weird but i was a five foot two 100 pound wide receiver 
going into high school um, and then just slowly continued to grow and, you know, grew into a tight end and played tight end at, at Katie under, under Mike Johnson. But, you know, it's, it wasn't what it is now. Um, I guess they, they made a state championship run in 94, um, played Plano in the state championship. I think I was probably fifth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. Um, I think I went to my first Katie game in eighth grade and they, uh, I think lost to Yates at Rice Stadium, if I remember right. Um, but you know, it, it just wasn't what it was. And, you know, I like to kind of think my high school years were, um, part of building, building the program to what it was now, um, sophomore year of high school, they won, uh, won their, I guess, second state championship if you count 1959, which, uh, was their first, but they, uh, they won 98 had a disqualification due to an eligible player. And in my senior year, we, we lost to Garland in the state championship in the Astrodome. So we had a, a good little run those three years uh, when I was in high school. Playing in the Astrodome, there's, there's my memories from growing up, uh, you know, up north of you in Huntsville uh, of the Astrodome or going there for Astros games and, you know, for the Houston Livestock Show, the, the rodeo uh, when that mm -hmm. would come to town. And so, you know, the Astrodome's definitely got a, a special place in my heart. For those guys who are unfamiliar <laughs> with what it's like to, to be in that building, to play in that building, describe that a little bit. God, I mean, it's still it's still surreal, like just unbelievable. Like, cause it, I I think back to my senior high school, back before what high school football was now is is like we got to play in the Alamo Dome first game of the year against Converse Judson in the uh, this date myself first ever Texas high school kickoff HEB kickoff classic, um, and we got to be on Fox Sports Southwest first game of the year then got to play in the state championship game at the Alamo Dome to end my senior year. It's just, you know, kind of kind of surreal thinking back to to what we got to do as, as seniors when I was in high school to, to where high school football has just exploded over the, the past 22, 23 years to, to the level it's at. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, now it's, it's AT&T Stadium is kind of synonymous as being sort of the mecca of Texas high school football. It's the ultimate destination, obviously, because – all the state championships are played there. But before that, I, th I think it was that place was the Astrodome um, because of, you know, the indoor stadium and just the mystique surrounding it. So was was coaching football something you always wanted to do? Did that come later on in your career? Uh, you talked I know you walked on at Texas State and played there. Uh, how did that decision to be a coach come about? Um, actually gave gave the business world a try. I, I knew, you know, of course, had the dream of playing forever. Um, but just, just wasn't in the cards, wasn't, um, the best, best football player. Um, but I just knew I wanted to be connected to the game one way or another I actually was, a exercise sports science, minor, uh, electronic media, mass communications, electronic media major at Texas state while I was there. And then, um, ended my playing career after two years and kind of took a year off from school and went back to Texas state to try to finish my degree. And, um, an arena or indoor football team came to Katie and um, gave that a run and uh, started doing that a little bit. Um, you know, just, just love playing the game. I think part of the reason why I got into coaching is, is the, the atmosphere and the coach's office is, is so similar to the, to the locker room, the camaraderie, the uh, friendships you develop, the, you know, and finished my degree at U University of Houston downtown and was a communications major and 
I just tried my hand at a little bit of everything, just trying to find my path. And I was actually working for um, a production company um, for Nike. Um, I was a, a marketing specialist and we, we had a 36 foot trailer. We'd take around Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, kind of showcasing what was coming up for the fall 2000, 2008 line of what they had. And we'd go to coaches conventions, coaches clinics, um, different schools and, you know, trying to figure out my path after that because it was just kind of a a six-month contract and you know got in touch with coach massey at deer park who was actually the offensive line coach when i was in high school and we did a show there and an event there and you know kind of brought up the idea of doing alternative certification and got that process rolling in the, the spring and summer of 2008 or 2009 and uh my first year coaching was uh 2009 so now let's fast forward to this past season. Um, and, and again, um, just a, an unbelievable season for you guys. Looking back on this past year, I know there's a lot of things that are going to stick out and be special to you, but just walk us through some of the highlights of this past year and some things that when you look back on the 2021 season, the things that you'll always remember. Uh, to be honest, everything, you know, like just, um, you know, you know, being on on a, on a podcast talking about our seasons, nuts to me. Um, just we had our award ceremony last night, and just it it's still it it hasn't sunk in. To be honest, it's 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 like and I use the word playing in Astrodome, but it, it's just real to to think about what we did, being one of the original coaches on staff to to build it up and into what we were were able to accomplish this fall. It's it's nuts. It, I mean, it, it, one, one way to say it, it's just nuts because you open up a school and, you you know, everybody's goal is to win a state championship. But looking back where we were when we opened up five years ago, uh, I mean, and we can get into that later, but just the process of, of opening the school is un- unbelievable. And, you know, things you take for granted coming into a ready-built program in terms of just facilities alone. But um, this season just – I don't know, just it probably the most fun I've had coaching um, from from a bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, the opportunity to, to go out and have our kids compete and compete the way they did. And the best thing I liked about watching our kids play is they just played for each other. You know, you, you, you saw the way they celebrated other people's success, the way they um, handled adversity. Uh, <laughs> first play of the game uh, kind of showed – um, our, I guess our character of us as a team in the state championship game, giving up the the uh, two now and then for, for a touchdown and just the way we were able to fight back, just the, the way they competed and the way they just bought in from, from day one when we opened the school through throughout the season. Um, uh, best probably, you know, when we thought we were real good was probably when we played Hightower in, um, uh, in the regular season and just uh, we're able to win 55 to seven against them and the quality of team they are and the kids they have. And just kind of just like, kind of just kept each week, kept thinking, are, are we really this good? Or, you know, um, are we, are we, are we this good? Um, you know, and kind of just, you know, had a setback against Manville, but, you know, it, it helped us grow, helped us learn. Um, and then just finishing off the regular season and in the playoffs of just, just never, I guess, never could really just sit there and, and accept how, 
what we were doing because you know it just it felt like you almost you don't want to say it but you felt like you you were meant to be there and kind of a team of destiny of just like things just kind of fell 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 the way they fell and it just worked out great for us and played in the same championship game and uh played a great college station team that you know uh the you know you look back at it and you watch the game again and again and they they were they're a great football team, you know, knocked off Denton Ryan, um, uh, went through murderers row in, in, uh, region two and, you know, putting up points and I had dudes all over their offense, dudes on defense and just to be able to do what we did and just pull it out, you know, was, was unbelievable. And, you know, I still, you know, go back and watch games. We're doing data breakdown right now to prepare for next season. It's just like, it's still hard to believe that it, we, we played as well as we did throughout the year and did the things we did. And, you know, nights like last night, uh, the town prep rally, you know, uh, what I'm most excited about is the ring ceremony. Just those are times that, you know, we get to like truly reflect back on what we did and then appreciate what we did. Yeah, I think um, speaking from strictly from a, a fan watching the game uh, when you guys played College Station, I think one of the things that I was most impressed with was just how physical you guys were on both sides of the ball. Uh, and it was really kind of a, you guys had a look of, of sort of a throwback football team, you know, with, with the stuff you run on offense. And then obviously uh, we're going to about to get into this here in a second, but a defense that's very similar to the one that Katie is running. Um, and, and so um, if you could just sort of pin down one or two things that really you feel like make your team special and were kind of the difference for you, for you this past season, what would those things be? just the buy-in from the beginning, you know, um, coach God always talks about, and you know, you hear it over and over again within our, our program, just do everything with intent and purpose, you know, and do your best, do your best and do it with intent and purpose. And I think our kids did that. And, you know, you at from, from sack to off season, mat room, controlled run, everything we did, you know, but, they did it with intent and purpose and um, they did their best and, you know, did what we asked them to do. So it just, like I said, you know, just kind of fell the way it fell. And, you know, we were able to uh, beat a real quality college station team. And it's, you know, still, still unreal that we're sitting right here, the state champion. Yeah. And it's one of those things I'm sure that, um, that, that you're okay with it. Um, you know, with going back and reliving it and it, it you know, being surreal and, and, and kind of soaking in that, that feeling, because uh, that's, that is a, a rare feeling that, that a lot of coaches don't get to experience. And, and, and obviously something that's really special for you guys uh, to, to be able to accomplish uh, this year, especially like you already mentioned, being a school that's, that's only been open for, you know, less than a decade and, and to be able to, uh, to build that uh, so quickly, it, it really is amazing. Well, let's, let's talk about that defense there and already, already mentioned this and we've talked about this in previous conversations that you guys are very similar to Katie uh, in, in the way that you run things. Uh, so for those of, of us listening who are unfamiliar with what that actually means, uh, walk us through your defensive front, you know, what makes it unique, why you guys like it, uh, things like that, you know, the, the, the techniques that you're playing and, and so on. Uh, yeah. So biggest thing is um, just very, we're very gap sound gap. We play with a lot of gap integrity. Um, our goal is to always have one free hitter to the ball um, based on how we play things. Uh, we play a, a head up nose and two head up ends, two fours. Um, you know, we, 
we we step weak, step strong. Um, we'll static flow our inside backers. You know, it just all depends on uh, whether it's one back, two back kind of things. Um, you know, same rules for our outside backers in terms of whether they squeeze or spill, uh, pullers or kicks. Um, you know, we can we have the ability to give it a four two five look, uh, walk down an outside backer. Um, with the overhang strong, uh, depending on how we call our front. But we we just have kind of the ability to do a lot of different things. And I kind of with this senior group, we, you know, kind of showed um, a bunch of different looks from we had a had a nickel look, bringing in an extra safety. We um, started mugging up our inside backers and outside backers, kind of um, basically covering up every offensive lineman kind of, create even more confusion and situational downs. But, you know, that's the best thing I kind of like about what we do and what we've got to do this year was we had a bunch of three-year starters because we had kids we had to play as sophomores early in their career. And, you know, that kind of paid off for us in the long run of uh, this year. Um, just so much experience and having seen everything that they were able to handle everything we kind of wanted to do defensively. When you when you uh, you talked about how you got you're playing your guys head up uh, your D line mm -hmm. head up two fours and and a nose, um, let's start with those those defensive ends or defensive tackles. Are they doing the same thing or do you have one that's strong, one that's weak, one that's wide side of the field boundary? How are you playing those guys? Um, how are you setting those guys? We we have a, a strong side end and a weak side end. Um, I think the way offenses have gotten to, they're essentially the same person. Uh, because, you know, you don't see many tight end fronts. Uh, you don't see much, a lot of formations with the tight end. Um, so you essentially can play with the same type of body. If you play a, a lot of teams with, with the tight end, then as our strong side defensive end, you want a thicker body who's able to withstand a double team uh, from the tackle and tight end. And then typically you'd put your more athletic, better pass rusher on the weak side, um, you know, because of what we would ask him to do and um, how we would shade him in, in different looks. But um, in my opinion, we're kind of looking for the same type, same type of kid. The way we play him, we, we're looking for, for athletic, athletic bodies. Um, kids this year were about six, one was about 6'3", 6 6'4", 6 200 pounds at a strong side end. Weak side end was about 6'2", 6 6'3", 6 200 pounds. But just, they were, lo they were long, they were athletic, um, but they were also able to, um, hold their own at the point of attack. So kind of, I guess, best way to describe it, almost linebacker, outside linebacker type traditionalist bodies. Um, because of the way we play them, we can get away being undersized. Obviously, you want you want bigger, thicker dudes there who can run, but everybody's looking for bigger, thicker dudes who can run. Um, but, you know, we're able to, to get what we get out of our guys because of the way we play them um, and, and the kind of technique we play with them and, you know, just – like I said, um, talking to you earlier, just the type of buy-in we have with our kids of like, um, you know, just physically strong enough, you know, investment in the weight room and off season to where they, they're able to, you know, be 200 pounds, but can hold up at the point of attack because of good technique and, and, uh, and physically strong enough to withstand uh, a double team. What are you coaching those guys to do to help them uh, hold up at the point of attack? Are those guys, you know, if they're hit up four, are they slipping in a B gap if they get an aggressive block to them? Are they, you know, kind of playing like almost like a lag nose? Or how, how, how are you doing that? What we, are we uh, sorry, uh, cut you off. But um, 
we, uh, I guess we will play a five. We play a five and a four is what we call it in our defense. It's really a five and a three tech because we're playing off the guard, depending on how we're we're calling our front. But um, the five technique, we play a mirror read technique, which is the hardest thing we we try to do with him uh, because we wait on the offensive tackle to move. So we're going to kind of read his outside hip to knee and see how he steps. And then based on how he steps is how we're going to step. Um, so say we're going to down block uh, we're, and he's going to obviously step with his inside foot. We're going to, I guess, step to split his crotch and then we're going to punch the outside via the neck and kind of grind him down. But, you know, the best part about playing head up at defensive ends and, and it works great against, I think, good, well-coached offensive lines because you're going to get a defined look. And we're so rep-based, um, you know, uh, structured that we get, see a ton of reps, not only in practice, but in, in terms of our in, individual drill work to where, you know, we see the same thing over and over again. And our offense is so rule-based, rule-oriented uh, in terms of our offensive line. It just – it helps our kids so much because – you know, most teams, what they're going to do against us is they're going to step to protect against what we call the four. They're going to step to protect the inside first against us. So if we're going to get a base block, most offensive lines are going to step inside first to make sure they don't get beat inside. Uh, so that really helps us out to where now, you know, unless they're a big uh, full zone team, pitch team, sweep team, stretch team, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're going to get a step with inside um, by the offensive tackle first. So, which helps us out to where now we can step um, to uh, split the crotch of the tackle, punch and press the outside via the neck um, if we're getting a base. So, um, if he's going to step to to stretch us, well, he's going to open his hip. You can what, bucket step, three step, whatever you want to call it. Well, then, then now we step with our outside foot, um, and, and then we we play off the outside shoulder that way. Um, so we teach um, real simple up front. Um, I guess kind of bounce around, but um, you're going to get three looks is the way I teach you. You're going to get flow to you flow away, or you're going to get, get a pass. And we kind of work off that when we're, we're teaching block rec um, in basic, basic terms for our kids. So, um, you know, if they can understand that as, as a five technique, they'll be all right. Um, in terms of our four technique, uh, which I, I like to give our defense coordinator, um, some hell sometimes just because I call it a three tech because he's playing off the guard. We're, uh, we're stepping to the guard. We're playing inside that tackle. Our, the offensive tackle is just an alignment key. Um, our physical keys, the guard. So we're stepping to the guard, playing off the outside shoulder of the guard. And same concept, we're getting flow to, flow away, or high hat. Um, so we're going to step. Um, we're, gonna, we're actually going to key, key the ball. We're going to key inside. Um, um, we tried keying the hip of the guard, uh, hip to knee of the guard, but oftentimes that guard moves so slow that um, we we're off, oftentimes late off the ball and uh, we'd misfit a little bit. Um, so we'd key the ball. The only thing I like about keying the ball, because we're so I'm so big on, on coaching eyes, is if you're periphering the ball inside, now you got to go from the periphery of the ball to the to the V of the neck to to that guard, and so you know you can get lost with your eyes. Um, but we'll play off the off the the uh, via the neck of the guard. So we'll step to punch. Um, he gets flow to him. Uh, he's going to try to read flow to. He gets open hip. We're going to expand and and play B gap because uh, we're getting a full zone read stretch sweep. 
pitch read. If he gets an aggressive block, aggressive um, step with the outside hip at him, um, he's going to sit to compress, kind of set the edge. Um, obviously, at, at 200 pounds going against some 300-pound guards, we struggled a little bit at, at compression of, uh, of inside gaps, but we're going to do our best to hold our own. If he gets flow away, um, he's going to work to the hip of the next man as the four. So if that guard steps and climbs, we're getting to the hip of the center. Um, if that guard just continues down the line of scrimmage, we'll work to the hip of that guard. I'm asking this because we saw this. It seemed like um, every week in, in one form or, or the other, and maybe you guys don't see this play a lot where you are, but um, buck sweep with those guys. So I'm getting mm-hmm. an outside puller. Uh, what's what's that? Your, your four, three tech, however you want to say it. What's how, How's he playing that? Uh, if he's getting pulled, he, he better get in that guard's hip pocket and chase it. Uh, you talk about pull out to him? Yeah, pull, yeah, okay. pull, pull yeah, outside of the tackle. Okay. He, he's just going to uh, – press back into that tackle, you know, because what our inside backers should be doing, they should be getting go calls and both ba- our, both of our inside backers should be getting over, but he's just going to press back into that tackle. If, um, you know, we didn't work much cross face with that, that four technique, we would, if we got buck on our five um, to say the tight end, our strong side defensive end was playing a five and that tight end blocked down and we got tackle out. Uh, we, we would cross face on that. But um, we just press back into, into that um, into that tackle as the four. We never we didn't really try to cross face on that because it, it kind of happened so fast, and we wanted to make sure we didn't take ourselves out of that gap and get outside and out leverage ourselves too fast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so when, when you're playing that that type of technique where you are reading, it's it's a it's a read and attack for you know read first, attack second type uh, defensive front. Uh, you have to. I know because I've we, we talked about this uh, it, last time we talked was uh, talking with Coach Hammond uh, at, at Katie High School that coaching stance and steps with those guys is kind of an intricate pro- process. At least it, from what I remember talking with him, it is. I think he talked about having some PVC pipes that he has his guys step with. And so, are y'all the same way? Do y'all do that? How, talk about your stance and how you're coaching stance and steps. Uh, we're, we're very similar. Um, he used the PVC, the T step T's. Um, I kind of molded it, took, took it into my own version and created a, a step T ladder. Um, cause I want to continue to work, work expansion work down the line. Cause I, I, this year we kind of transitioned roles into two defensive line coaches from, from years past. Uh, we had a nose guards coach and I coached defensive ends. And now we kind of went to a, defensive um uh I was defensive line coach with uh coach Moss as as uh my assistant but I created I tried step tees and you know I create kind of I I didn't like it because I wanted to continue um the expansion to continue the the footwork so I created a kind of like a mini step ladder uh for myself so stance is very similar to what they do at Katie we talk about um toe to instep we're looking for, uh, say we're playing the the five technique. We're looking for even weight distribution in our feet. We're going toe to instep. We're going, say, right-handed stance. Same thing, right uh, right foot back, uh, right toes to the, the instep of our left foot. Um, looking for credit card heels because we play we play real lateral, and that's the the hardest thing to to teach with the with junior high uh, to high school. But luckily, we have a, a couple good feeders who who run 
run our system, but anytime you get somebody new, they want to get so far upfield so fast because um, they play a traditional, oftentimes four two five four three shade front to where you're taking that that six inch, replace the hand step, um, power step, whatever you want to call it, and you know we we take a read step and then a react step, but um, <clears throat> five techs even distribution in our feet, balanced because uh, you don't know if you're you're stepping out or stepping down. Uh, credit card healed. It's almost like the way I kind of explain it, it's almost like you're running your, your 5105, your pro agility, you know, because you have to be able to move lateral um, that way. With the nose guard, very similar. We go, we go comfortable hand, always comfortable hand stance. Very same to the to the five tech, very similar to the five tech. Try to teach that. Um, almost almost the same, but different. Um, you know, you're gonna kind of shift weight opposite of, of where you're stepping to kind of be a little more explosive, but you don't want to, you don't want to load that opposite foot too much because you know you don't want to overstep, lose the center, and get your um, inside backer cut off. But you're gonna load the opposite foot a little bit, almost 60-40 to uh, to be uh, explosive because you're gonna actually step with the call as the as the nose. So you get that cheat step as the nose guard to make sure you don't get reached and and cut off because we expect a lot of, out of our nose guards. We like to think if uh, our nose guards has the ability to expand A to B when that guard leaves on any zone stretch sweep schemes, we could shut down any front side, front side run game uh, of any zone, heavy zone team um, that we play because of what he does. Uh, with the four tech, we're going to load the inside of our outside foot because uh, we're stepping explosive inside. You actually, that's the one where you're kind of working to the, to the heel of the guard because you want to change the level. Like I talk about change the level of which that tackle is trying to block you because you want to clear your outside hip of the inside hip of that tackle because you have to beat him across his face. So you're going to load the uh, outside, uh, the inside of your outside foot work to the heel of the guard. Um, your stance is still going to be the same uh, as the five tech. You're going to be toe to instep if you're left-handed stance left foot to the left toes to the instep of your right foot because biggest thing what we don't want to do is we don't want to tell the offense who's the five and who's the four um so we we try to do a good job making sure we look the same on both sides of the ball um where some teams get in trouble is oftentimes you'll you the five tech may play a little further back because they have to read um they have to have that time and that space to to see what that tackle is doing to react but you know, I think our guys have done a good job of understanding what to look for and being focused on what to look for. And, you know, it's almost like, guys, back up. You know, you're almost uh, too tight to the ball, whereas the four tech wants to play a little tighter to the football because he wants he wants to beat that tackle across. So what I tell my guys is nose guard sets the line of scrimmage. You're going to eat, eat turf, crowd the ball as much as you can uh, to feel comfortable playing off that center and then the two defensive ends are going to align with their hand behind the nose guard's hand, kind of on the same level to make sure they look the same. How do you, how do you rep block recognition with those guys? Are, are you double training the four and the five? Do you try to just specialize? Like, I mean, you know, and then, you, I mean, I'm sure you're doing some pod work with those guys to include the nose and things like that. Like how do you work block recognition with those guys? Um, so, you know, when we do skills in the summer, it's a lot of step, that step ladder, you know, we work, excuse me. Um, so the way I do my step ladder is we work let, down and back essentially. So work down, I'll go down five, stretch five, 
with the defensive ends. Nose guards will work uh, to the call expansion. So they'll exp uh, first two steps and expand, um, work that both ways. Then uh, we do our four footwork where um, you get flow to flow away, uh, down and back through the step ladder. Um, <coughs> nose guards will work redirect um, when the four is working um, flow to flow away. We do a lot of uh, do a lot of pod work, a lot of one on one looks. Um, when we get in season, it kind of that's where it helps to have that um, other defensive line coach, um, to where we have the ability to split up into pods, to where if we want to play in a tight end heavy run team, we have the ability to go tackle tight end, and, and work that that double team with the five, or we go guard tackle work, flow two flow away, just kind of just give them a ton of looks, you know, give them a ton of a ton of situations that they're going to see and do a lot of one-on-one -on -one, um, just partner them up you know work just strictly five technique stuff um, you know kind of you try to do too much with the kids and you have a centralized focus in practice and you want to make sure you work on one thing get good at one thing that day because you can throw too much stuff at them um, oftentimes you don't you don't really get anything accomplished but you know we just we we maximize our time you know from from skills in the off season to, to, to spring ball, to skills in the summer, to, to fall camp, to uh, individual during the athletic period during the season after school and just reps, reps, reps. You know, there's days, you know, we, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tuesday practices, but, you know, how, of kind of similar to how they do it at Katie. But, you know, we oftentimes, you know, watch them practice after uh, or watching film after practice, and we got 100, 100 defensive reps on Tuesday between our ones and twos, and our our kids just see so much stuff over and over again. It just, you know, they have no choice but to kind of get better at what we do, and that's what's really, really helped us. Is just like, you know, we started with um, year one of varsity with just kids we call who almost were system players, you know, um, kids who, you know weren't necessarily what we would say were the um, best looking defensive linemen. You know, I had one kid was 5'8", 175 pounds, and nose guard was 185 pounds, and another kid who was, you know, 5'9", 180 pounds, and, you know, were able to win three games because kid, kids understood that uh, uh, what to do up front and allowed our inside-outside backers to, to fit off of us and played within the scheme. But, you know, you, you rep it over and over again, and just it just kind of gets ingrained into to what they do and what they see. And, you know, that's what I like about what we do is, you know, basically our job is get blocked up front, you know, get blocked up front and, and move fast, move quick, allow the, allow our inside outside backers to fit off of us. And, you know, we have the ability to stop them on first, second down, we can earn the right to, to rush the quarterback and then we can truly start moving, moving and, and working. And use what uh, use our true skill set of, of being being quick and fast. Which leads me to my uh, my next question: How are you coaching uh, pass rush? I always love asking this question with, with with guys who are playing head up techniques, and especially guys who are read and react uh, fronts. How are you coaching pass rush with those guys? Do you rely on a lot of twist games with with your front and, and involving maybe some, some of your outside backers? Um, but you know, those guys are rushing in a phone booth a lot of times when they're playing those, those head up techniques. So how are you coaching that with your guys? Um, you know, it just all depends on, on 
the physical attributes of the guys. Like I, last year, I had a, a thicker kid who was about 6'2", 6'3", 260 pounds, who, who's at Air Force now. And, you know, he was able to be a really effective head-up pass rusher because he, he was physical at the point of attack, used his hands, punch, pull, shed, arm over, whatever he needed to do, and was able to turn the corner because he could physically do it. Um, but the way I kind of teach it, I teach it kind of twofold. And, and, you know, I was listening to Coach Blum um, kind of talk about, you know, just repping first step over and over again, because that's the biggest thing is, you know, repping, especially when rushing from a head up, you have, you have to rep the first step. And the Slam, basic, chop, chop. Slam, yeah. chop, chop. That's Coach Blum. Yeah. Just, just beat that first step because, you know, what happens a lot of times is, and it, it happens so much in, in a shaded pass rush for us too, is we want to, I guess I, I call it a loop step or stack our outside foot. And so we're just widening the path at which we're taken to the quarterback. So the first thing I'm, I'm going to do just all depends on what type of call we have. Um, if we have to convert, if it's a conversion step, then we have to take our read step and then our second steps our reaction step. Um, but if we kind of have a, a, a jet call on to where, you know, it's you got free reign to rush the quarterback, you can, that's where if we're playing head up, we'll kind of adjust our stance a little bit. We'll get a little more weight distribution on our hand because we're getting vertical now as opposed to lateral. But, you know, we talk about our first step needs. We need to get dominant. You know, we have to get to a dominant position. And so um, if we're rushing as the five technique per se, our, our first step is going to be with our outside foot to where we're dominant, to where our outside foot gets outside of that offensive tackle. We, we, we got to have the ability to uh, attack half a man or, or a third of the man. So we're going outside, we're getting dominant with our first step. And then my second step is working to split the crotch of that offensive tackle, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to get any wider because what happens, like I said, they, they, they step to stack that outside foot, they widen that path. And then just being so, so light, you know, they just kind of, kind of just continue to widen. Um, so we're going to go dominant, then aggressive is kind of how I phrase it. We're going dominant, then aggressive. And then we're working through the out, we have to have a physical rush because at that point there is no running around the block, you know, because we had to take two steps to get to a dominant position um, to get to that edge. So uh, biggest thing I try to set my guys up is I like the long arm, you know, get them starting to use their hands. And, you know, we talk about long arm to kind of press through the sternum and then you can work off of that to kind of help yourself turn the corner. Um, as a player myself, I love the snatch pool, obviously. Um, but, you know, I was much bigger, much stronger than, than, than what we're using at defensive end. But, you know, um, just try to get them to, to that dominant, dominant position and to work the corner, whether, you know, long arm club, push pull, um, had, had a senior defensive end who got pretty good at the cross shop. But we're just trying to get to the point to where we have the ability to turn that corner. And we have the ability to take our, our inside toe and get it pointed towards that quarterback as the five technique. Uh, as the four techniques, it's a little easier because we're already taking that aggressive step to that guard. So, you know, again, we can load um, load our, our hand a little more, get our heels off the ground a little bit. Um, again, still, we don't want to tip our, tip our shades, tip our hat in terms of what we we're doing, but still want to have the ability to set ourselves up for success. So, we're, we're going to load our outside foot. We're going to step to the guard. And again, we're, we're stepping to a dominant position. Um, we're attacking and we're reading, 
read him via the neck um, as we step. And if he, he oversets us, that's where, you know, kind of traditional three technique of if he oversets us, then we're going to take the inside. So we kind of have that freedom of a, of a two-way go uh, playing that four technique, playing inside off that guard. And then the same thing is we're, you know, what I struggle with is they want to always take the inside, you know, they always want to take it because it looks open. They're stepping to me. The inside's got to be there. Well, no, you know, it's not a true overset. He stepped to you. His hips are square. Press vertical. Win with speed. All all you're doing is now you're rushing as as a shade five now. You know, you press vertical, attack, still try to turn that corner, try to turn the inside foot, inside hip, and and work the edge. But um, so, and then kind of what we're we're talking about this offseason, just, you know, watching so much film and hear so many people talk about um, five technique rushes is kind of give them a little more freedom on the edge because when you're rushing head up, you know, you often see a lot of vertical pass sets and you, um, you kind of have uh, that inside open. Well, we want to kind of give our kids a little more freedom, a little more leniency because they do get real robotic and they get scared to take, take that chance and take that opportunity of the inside when, when they can make the play. But in you know in the back of the head they they hear you say you better keep contained you better rush outside and kind of just working more of uh, pressing vertical and coming underneath is what what we were able to make a lot of plays on this year is too is like if you're not going to get the edge press vertical keep contained with the quarterback with the offensive tackle's body and then work back underneath because that's what's going to ha- you you'll see a lot of too is they're going to high hat you they're going to give you a good vertical set well you're never you're not going to turn the corner. So just keep pressing them inside, use that long arm, use the stab, drive them inside and take the inside on at quarterback depth and, and do it that way, you know. So we just try we try to just get dominant and aggressive and just work traditional uh pass rush moves that you know are successful with our kids and um uh, just finding what works for them is, is the biggest thing, getting them to to have a plan of attack because um, oftentimes, you know, I'm sure you, you, you deal with the two is you do one-on-one pass rush and, you, you know, you get a failed pass rush <laughs> attempt and then you ask the kid, well, what, what was your move? So I didn't have one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doomed from the get, you know? So um, just try to try to give them confidence in, in, in what we teach and, you know, be aggressive and, you know, get back down to basics and just play with your hips, hands and feet, play, play with effort. And, you know, you you want to stress the offensive linemen and put them in uncomfortable situations to have to move their feet and work their hips. And, you know, you, you can win with, with not much technique. Yeah, you're right. And, and having a plan is, is key, especially for high school guys. I mean, they don't have to have a bunch of rushes, but if they can have one solid rush and a counter off of it, like you're talking about, for example, the long arm, and then, you know, that guy's pressing vertical and now I can come inside and, and, and kind of use his, use his weight uh, to help me, help propel me inside. Um, You know, that, that's, that's what we're trying to get to as, as coaches is having those guys just having a plan and knowing, um, you know what they want to do, and and then then being able to execute that. Going back to the uh, to the run game a little bit, I meant to ask this question earlier and it got away from me. But uh, you mentioned not seeing a whole lot of attached tight end sets. But when you when you do, we we see a lot over here. Uh, how are you handling those uh, with your front? Is that when you get in your four two five stuff, or you know even if you see H back stuff, how are you handling those those heavier 
personnel groupings from offenses? Um, we don't really change a lot what we do. We kind of base out of our our, our three four and kind of get in our our four two five look in terms of just different looks. But um, you know the the three four look well, I mean worked great for us. Whereas you know we can give a different look and and play strong, play weak um, with our strong side defensive end. Um, just if we got in a lot of heavy stuff, then we'd stick to our base stuff and, and, and play strong just because of, you know, tendencies and things we were kind of seeing out of those fronts. Um, if it just, uh, it's, you know, I can't say that we did a lot of different things versus heavy personnel because we had, we had the ability to kind of be successful this year with our base stuff and, you know, and, you know, we didn't overthink it and, you know, we don't have any, any kind of sets to where, um, we bring in a fourth defensive lineman is just kind of, we get in, in two tight end sets. We'll walk down both outside backers. We'll be balanced up front, um, depending on how, how we're playing things a certain week um, or how we're playing our front. We, we could shift backers um, to stack look if we, if needed to make sure we're, we're uh, we got numbers uh, to both sides to where we have the ability to stop the run, but you know, um, if we get in our four-two-five look, it just kind of, you know, help us solid up on the weak side with a three and a five week, and uh, you know, kind of free up our will backer because now he he'd be free to kind of run. But you know, we didn't do much um, in terms of changing anything versus personnel groupings or things like that. We probably played more base base front stuff uh, for us in, in terms of playing strong than anything. Um, just because it was it was easier for us, it was simple, and you know teams we played, you know ran ran strong a lot, which which helped us out. Yeah, and and um, you know one th one thing I'm always curious to ask, and I like asking this question, um, just to get other guys, you know, find out how they're how they're doing this and, and when things they're looking at. But when when you are um, when you're breaking down an opposing offense or you know an offensive line, you have a process that you use a week in week out and. You know, what are some things you look for? How are you breaking down things like you know, pass pro, finding the weakness within the within an O line, uh, backfield sets, et cetera? Uh, biggest thing I kind of look for is first off is tendencies in terms of, of stance, stance and alignment. You know, that's kind of what I want to do is I wanna I wanna see if they're doing anything different uh, versus run versus pass in terms of staggering of the feet, the way they position their hand, just kind of looking for anything I can give my guys to, to give us the ability to, to make them play faster. Um, you know, cause what I don't want to do, and I did it a little too much last year was created paralysis by analysis is, you know, we played a team to where we, we had, they, they were so tendency driven in terms of both tackles were up they're, they're throwing the ball, both tackles were down, they're running zone and, and ha, ha, they were trying to communicate last year and it just kind of slowed them down and got them thinking too much. Um, but uh, what we'll, we will do too, is we'll kind of look at, look at quarterbacks, look at the way they stagger their feet and, you know, <clears throat> get a young quarterback who, who loves to have that, that heel elevated when it's a pass play, you know, let our outside backers know and we make a call and, and you know, give them the ability to, um, not have to worry about converting and reading the block, but just kind of give them that jet call, that pass rush call and let them pin their ears back and go get after it. But <clears throat> look at, look at the way offensive linemen's uh, 
you know, stance, you know, some surprisingly still uh, are three-point stance when it's run, two-point stance when it's fast, and, um, you know, which, which helps our guys. But kind of look at that first. Look at um, guard depth, um, tackle depth in terms of pools. Just looking for, for things like that that get, can give us an edge and kind of help our kids out. Um, you know, in terms of pass pro breakdown, we, we kind of break down uh, every pass – pass protection that they do kind of look at what uh what their mainstay is in terms of whether they're slide protection slide block protection rpo uh big on big uh, things like that to look at whether we want to send inside pressure outside pressure that week uh we want to overload one side <clears throat> we'll look at um kind of i look at the depth of the quarterback because that's kind of what i try to preach to my guys is is, you know, you see a lot of quarterbacks will sit at six yards within the pocket, you know, you don't want to look at what college college defense ends are doing, NFL defense or in, defensive ends are doing in terms of rush attacks because, you know, quarterbacks are taking seven-step drops from a from five-step step gun and they're, they're getting to turn the corner at nine yards when they're three yards off the tackle and wide nines. And so um, kind of just look look at where quarterback sets, if they're, if they're a high hands, um, pass setter, low hands pass setter. Um, just try to be as give my kids as much information early in the week as possible to allow them to to focus on what they're going to see throughout the week. To when it comes game time, they're they're playing as fast as they they physically can. To where we've repped everything imaginable in practice and given them every look possible. Uh, throughout the week to where come game time, nothing surprises them. Well, one thing uh, that, that I'm curious about is, um, you know, just different, um, you know, forms of technology that you guys might use that help you help in your efficiency, either in preparation or in practice. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, that, that some people use, I know, uh, is, is, um, software, or, you know, some guys have done away with, with drawing uh, scout cards and there's the, uh, the go route stuff where they're, they're using it on, on their devices and the kids can use that. Um, you know, it could be something like, you know, we use a drone here to film practice, which is awesome. Uh, I, we didn't, hadn't done that until I got here. And, and um, you know, some, some people have, you know, some coaches have tablets out on the field or different things like that. Like, is there a, a certain kind of technology that you like to use that helps you in your preparation and, or in practice, or are you more old school pen and paper kind of guy? I'd consider myself more old school. We uh, we've gotten to where we draw cards and huddle, and it's great for us. We still print them and put them in a book um, that way. But you know, old school, um, we're just we're so reps reps based reps based. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna coach off of film. We're gonna use as many reps as we can in practice and get get as many looks as we can we can see in practice and, and coach off of film that way um you know we we do a great job um of you know getting getting two huddles we've gotten to the point to where we have the ability to to throw go two huddles at a time at our, at our kids and we're just going as fast as we as fast as we can because you know you, you have to do because of some of the teams we played in terms of cedar park and college station uh, this year, uh, because, because of how fast they were going. So, um, in terms of technology, uh, stick the huddle, 
uh, does a great job for us. It, it's what we like. Um, it's easy because it, it stores everything and um, there's it creates its own database. And now you can you can search for what you want. And if if you you don't necessarily have to redraw the same card over and over again. Um, but outside on the practice field, we just got our drones. KDIC just approved us to have drones. So uh, we'll be excited to see what that kind of looks like in terms of looks and uh, film for practice. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, you can, you can, you know, we, we, are, we have a kid who, a high school kid that, that runs our, ours and, and um, you know, he's able to, you know, the offense, they like their, their angle to be down a little bit and back where they can, uh, almost, it's almost like an end zone view. Um, we are a little higher up, so you can see secondary, and, and it's, it is pretty cool. Um, and, I, and I like the, uh, uh, the angles that it gives you much better than, than the sideline view, and you have all the kids on the, the trainers and the scout team standing on the sideline blocking your way. And so it is, uh, th that is the way to go for sure. Well, now I, I want to I spend the last few minutes of our conversation talking about this. I know you're the strength conditioning coordinator there for your program or in off season, uh, how are you guys structuring your off season? Uh, do you do phases? Um, you know, how are you, and then what's, what, you know, what comprises a phase? How are you breaking down lifting, running, conditioning, things like that? Uh, right now we just kind of got rolling in off season. We're going through our, our first real week off season, but you know, what well, coach God's done a great job of kind of giving me the opportunity to kind of instill my beliefs and my personality into, into the way we do our, our weight room structure. And we're going, we're four days in the weight room right now. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we're, we're in the weight room the entire athletic period. So if you want to call it our strength phase, you can call it our strength phase. Cause you know, we put a big emphasis on, on maximizing our kids ability and, and maximizing their potential as football players especially in the weight room so we're investing in the weight room and we've done a good job of uh investing in the weight room and i hope um you know you're talking to other coaches that they've they've noticed it but um so we're investing heavy in the weight room right now for this, these first four weeks of off season so we'll go uh upper upper lower splits um and then on Wednesday, we, we still, we got mat, mat room and, and what we call controlled run, basically cross field running, change of direction uh, off of the stimulus, whether visual or sound and just working on, you know, simple, simple mechanics of planning on our outside foot, cutting at a 90 degree angle, cutting at a 45 degree angle, opening your hips um, and, and, and finishing. So um, <clears throat> it's almost our, our toughest phase. You, you, you want to say because it, it gets monotonous, you know, being in the weight room four days a week. But, uh, you know, I love it. I, we see we see huge strides and we're lucky enough to where we, we have enough numbers to run, run a good practice to for scout. And um, but just enough numbers to where we can fit everybody inside our our weight room. So everybody's on this in terms of, uh, you know, the split. We have one group doing upper, one group doing lower at the same time, but we get everybody in the weight room at the same time. And I like it um, just because I'm, I'm a big proponent of atmosphere, you know, uh, in the weight room and, you know, atmosphere creates competition, creates energy and the more energy and, and better the atmosphere, I think the more the kids enjoy it and the kids, kids buy in and, you know, you see, you know, your teammates lifting and working their butts off and, you know, kind of pushes you to do the, do the same thing. So 
um, it's been great for us and uh, we've seen big strides um, throughout our, I guess, going into our fifth off season um, with what we do. And then after that, we'll, we'll test. We're big um, in terms of, of just a, a rank system. So we'll test our bench squat, power clean, 40 pro agility a mile um, and get points off those, those, those six tests. And, you know, it, you know, it makes the kids competitive, you know, it, it makes them work. And um, so you, you kind of have rank ranks in different colored shirts and kind of, kind of see that, that almost rainbow in, in the weight room and, and know who's working and, and who's not working. And it, it's set up to where, you know, it's not strictly built for a skilled kid to be successful or strictly built for a kid who's a weight room warrior to be successful. It takes into account of, a bunch of different things. So almost everybody has the ability to get a rank and get a shirt if, if you invest. And, you know, so then we'll go a three, two phase where we're doing full body lifts, um, you know, focusing on just becoming the best football player we can um, have the ability to bend and move. And cause that's, that's a big thing. I, I, I want to be able to see is have what we do in the weight room translate to the football field translate to, to when we run is, you know, you know, during the, those first four weeks, we get a little tight. We're spending a lot of time in the weight room. And, and so those next, you know, three weeks, the way this calendar breaks down is we want to kind of start opening them up a little bit, kind of, kind of get them to, to move a little better um, while still maintaining and getting stronger um, and just get them to move, move better, move across different planes, and then um, kind of continue to invest in in mat room, controlled run. And then we start incorporating our, our, our stride length, our wickets, you know, kind of kind of developing some turnover, some uh, some sprint mechanics in that phase. And then we start incorporating that uh, extra sack hour after school to where we start getting an extra day of, you know, explosive work on the on the turf from, from med balls to, to jumps, to, um, to hurdles and, um, hip mobility to even more sprint mechanics and again, test again. And then we'll go to our skills phase and that's where, um, we kind of spend our two days in, in the weight room and, and we have two, two lower body splits because what we found is kids will come every day after school and do as much bench press as they want. You know, come and come and focus on the upper body. <laughs> They're not going to get their their butts in there and front squat. They're not going to get in there and get on the glute hams and, and get in the squat rack and you know do the things that, that are going to cause you to truly strain. Um, so we'll, we'll invest our time in the weight room, um, doing lower body, building building our lower half strong, um, and then we'll start some more agility work outside while incorporating our our skills and um, you know start getting ready for the buildup to spring football and, you know, again, utilizing our, our SAT camp time allotted to us after school or sports specific instruction uh, time allotted to us after school and uh, kind of get our kids uh, an extra day in the weight room there. And just, you know, that's where we've been great. And last season or last spring, you just saw a big turnout of kids, the buy-in of, you know, understanding the importance and, and the whys behind we do things and, um, the, the reason why we demand so much out of our kids and, you know, that's, what's great about this year is, just, yeah, you know, it, it, it paid off. 
you know, you know, just the the extra days after school, the showing up, just I mean, the little things it takes to be successful because we preach every day in off season, everybody gets the same amount of time. Whereas we get less time. Our athletic period's 48 minutes. You got kids with block schedules who get an hour, hour a day during the athletic period. And we don't even get 48 minutes because our, our building's so big. You know, you got a minute after the bell and you got to get to lunch and we, we can't eat up your lunch. So you get 45 minutes of work, you know, whereas other people get that hour uh, with the block schedule. So, you know, you're doing the bare minimum. And, and I think our kids understand that. And, you know, they compete in track, they compete in wrestling, they play baseball. Um, <clears throat> they come after school and they're, they're, they show up and they put in the work necessary for us to, to be able to compete. Besides the weight room, um, you know, I, I, and I think you would agree, you kind of already touched on this with, with the atmosphere in the weight room. Besides the weight room, how do you build that, that, that chemistry in the offseason? Because, you know, you guys fresh off a state championship, but now you throw that team out there in the weight room. And, and I know for, it, it's like this for everyone. You look in there and you're like, wow, you know, where all our dudes go? You know, and some of them are in basketball, some of them are in track, some of them are, are wrestling for you, you know, in y'all's case. Um, so it's sometimes it's hard in the spring when everyone's going in different directions and, and you got guys in and out and even coaches to some degree, some are off coaching. You, know, you see them, they see the kids less. So it's, it's, but, it, but the, the spring and I, and to me, in my opinion, the months of January and February are so crucial uh, to build that, that structure of art, who are our leaders going to be, who are the kids that we can count on, who's going to kind of take the, the, the podium as the next guys that we can count on and look to, to, to sort of set the tone. How are y'all building that? that camaraderie, that chemistry uh, in your team at this time of year? I think that's what's great about our school is like we've been blessed with great administration and, and you know, all our coaches are in both athletic periods. And, you know, a lot of our coaches don't have to coach second sports because of um, the the staff we were, we were able to create and the hiring by Coach God and, and our principal, Miss Dickerson, is that, you know, every football coach doesn't leave the football athletic period and um you know just the way it's turned out is our basketball program's freaking good too so um they played in the fifth round last year and we we haven't lost a lot of guys to basketball and then everybody who plays any other sport stays in our athletic program and you know we accommodate during during competition days and game days and you know so they're getting off season work year round and so <clears throat> we don't lose really any guys to other sports during during off season, so they're in there um, competing with everybody else. And then um, I think our, our mat room and, and our controlled run, we put them in in uncomfortable situations to where you're forced to rely on other people. You're forced to uh, work with your teammates and, and rely on your teammates. And you know what we kind of preach is you're not in here just surviving for yourself. You're in here working. You know to uh, to compete with 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 your teammate you know you want to you want to work to not let the guy next to you down and, and that's kind of breaking that mentality of you know you see guys um the way we do mat room and controlled runner they're just out there trying to survive they're, they're they're thinking about themselves and you know when they really start to turn the corner and they're trying to not let their teammates down is when when they really turn the corner and you, you kind of see that that buy-in and you know, and, and as they go on and, you know, you, you kind of talk to them about investing in track, investing in out, getting out, getting out there and, and competing that way. 
getting out there and running and, and and doing things like that to prepare yourself for off season as well is, is what, what really helps us is, you know, you get the buy and like I said, it, and, and I don't being repetitive, but that's just, just what I've seen, you know, in the, in these years, just so much buy-in and I've been, and what I like about being uh, the off season coordinator is just like the buy-in from the staff is, you know, you get the same thing amongst the staff at Pato is nobody wants to be that guy that's going to let everybody else down. You know, you, you come into to the weight room and we got eight, eight stations and, and 13 coaches counting myself and everybody's coaching. And I've been places before to where, you know, I'm the only one bouncing off the walls trying to create the atmosphere and you got guys holding up walls, you know, not really invested in all season. And I get it, you know, and I'm a weight room guy and I, I, you know, I understand that it creates so much confidence in kids um, being physically strong enough to, to hold your own and being physically able to do certain things um, by what the weight room can do. But, you know, we're, we're lucky that we have a great staff and guys who, who understand them. They might, they may not like it, you know, and I understand that, but they don't show that when they're in the weight room and they're getting the most out of our kids. And, you know, you got everybody kind of pulling the same way and, you know, speaking the same language and um, understand that, you know, it's a necessary evil and we're going to, we're going to push our kids and challenge our kids and we're going to get the most out of them. Yeah, and you mentioned the the, the mat room at my previous school. We mat room was a big part of our off season, and and I think that's another spot where, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to hide on the mat. You know, everybody's watching. Um, it's it's really good at at, at at making sure kids are paying attention to details and can operate under pressure and operate when they're tired. And 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 plus, it plays in there. It, it builds the what you're talking about. You know, functional strength, functional athleticism. You know, a lot of times in the season we're watching where guys fall or they roll and they get back up or say, hey, there's there's mat room, mat room drill right there. Um, so I think that is a a great time to to build that camaraderie and chemistry within your team. All right. Well, coach, we're uh, we're going to close out today with some rapid fire questions for you. Put you under the gun a little bit and uh, and and have some fun. So is that, that, that cool with you? Yes, sir. I'm always about having fun. All right. Great. Well, so. When it comes to your game day responsibilities, are you are you in the press box or the sideline, and which do you prefer? Sideline, I love the sideline. I, I don't. I've been press box before. I don't feel connected, and you know, I'm I'm generally the loud one, and you know, <laughs> I'm expected to be to bring the energy, and but sideline all day. Well, yeah, I mean, you're kind of the uh, it's it's the double whammy. You're the, a deep line coach and a strength coach, so. You know they don't they don't put they don't put guys like you in the in the box very yeah. often. So uh, yeah. you got to be on the sideline bringing. Don't those. cage me up. Don't That's cage right. Me That's up. right. Uh, speaking of of game days, when it comes to game days, are you superstitious? Not so much. And, and if so, what, what are your some of your superstitions? Uh, very <laughs> superstitious. Very superstitious. Um, you know, we me and our offensive line coach we're, we're big league chew guys. So um, you know, bought a case before the season and we got to split a pack before each, each, each half. So he takes half, half the pack. I take half the pack. He's always got to take it first. He's got to, he's got to take it on the sideline. Um, you know, certain shirts, game sideline shirts. If, uh, if I wore one and, and we're successful and, and we're on the road, I got to wear it again. Um, we kind of got a playoff run and we kind of had some mornings off and, uh, 
go eat breakfast, had to order the same thing. <laughs> you know, you guys on staff who say it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But oh, I'm very superstitious. Super superstitious. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I can, uh, that's not too crazy though. I mean, eating the eating breakfast, I mean, I think everybody can get on board with that and and uh, you know, wearing the same shirt. That's all none of that's uh gonna get you um, you know, in, in any kind of uh psych ward or anything so yeah, every, we, we everything talk, gets washed yeah you know, yeah not one go. of those yeah yeah well i already asked you this question so but this is one that, that came up but i was going to ask you know when it comes to to run cards hand drawn or computer you said you draw them on huddles so we're going to scrap that one really quick and i'm going to ask another favorite question of mine uh what's your your writing utensil of choice pen or pencil or other pen g2 g2.7 okay. hey and i and see okay and, I, and the guys who listen to this all the time are going to get tired of me saying this, but yeah, that's, that's, I have G2.7 or tens. Yeah. But I love it. And, and I keep, I say this every time I ask this question, but I'm, I'm, I'm um, unabashedly fishing for a sponsorship from G2 because, um, you know, I, I really, I'm not, I'm not looking for a whole lot of money. Just throw me some pins, you know, a, a couple of packs and I'll, we'll call it even, but yeah. Um, you know, I love having a pin and, and I always have it on me. Um, you know, you can't carry a pocket knife in the school. So, and they say that the, the, the pen is mightier than the sword or something like that. There's some saying something like feel, that feel, feel, you know, kind of important and like, I'm prepared to have my pen in my pocket, but, uh, all right. Uh, next one. And this one's tough. Um, you're, you're from tough. an area, tough at all. uh, you know, and, and when, when this is being recorded, Cowboys just lost out of the playoffs, but are you a Cowboys or a Texans fan? Texans. Okay. Texans. Houston all day, Astros, Texans, Rockets, Houston all day. See, I, I think I'm a little bit younger than you, but I, I'm I'm with you on everything. It's not that I don't like the Texans, but, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, an hour north of Houston, I was an Oilers fan. I have an Oilers starter jacket in my closet upstairs that's going to be passed down to my son. I don't care if he wants to wear it or not. He's going to wear it. Um, but uh, – and I have a Houston Oilers cap still. But, you know, they they – they bolted when I was a kid, and that was right about the time you know the Cowboys were good and winning Super Bowls. And so, by the time the Texans came into existence, I was really too old for it to matter. So, um, I, I but I'm definitely an Astros fan. Uh, if I had to pick a, a basketball team, the NBA team, I guess I'd roll with the Rockets. But uh, you know, to be honest, it's it's hard to be a fan of of either the Cowboys or the Texans at this point. So. Um, you know, both of them are, are a little bit of a mess. Okay, for you, Coach, when you get some time to take vacation, what's your ideal vacation spot? Ooh, I'm, I'm going all-inclusive, uh, beach resort. Um, you know, I've been lucky. My wife gets to travel for work. I can, I get to kind of piggyback off her. So we've been to up to Banff in, in Canada, got to go to Puerto Vallarta. But I want all-inclusive beach resort, uh, you know, want to kind of explore and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a, a sit around type of guy on vacation. Cause if I'm going to sit around, I'm going to, I'm going to stay at home and do nothing, but I, I like to get out and kind of just explore cities and, and, and see what's out there, but kind of, kind of digging the all inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. For sure. I, I, I am definitely a fan of those as well. Okay. So uh, it's, it's, it's not too late if you haven't already done so, but do you make, goals or resolutions for the new year and, and if so what are yours for for 2022 i don't man uh honestly but you know goal is to <laughs> to get 
to get another one, right? Um, just get back there and, you know, luckily, you know, told kids third time's the charm for me. I, I lost as a, as a player, I lost as a coach um, when I coached at Hempstead, but just keep competing. And that's, you know, the goal is not to get complacent and, you know, live in, live in the shadow of our, our 21 season. But, you know, and that's what, what's exciting about opening the new school is that you get new goals, you get new opportunities. The monotony of being in KDISD hasn't set in because we've gone, um, you know, had a sub-varsity season and went 5A Division II, 5A Division One, and now we get to go 6A next year. It's now new challenges, new opportunities, and, you know, goals to now – now compete at, at the 6A level consistently and, you know, make the playoffs and, and see what we can do. All right. So uh, let me get your, um, uh, your best movie or TV series recommendations uh, as, you know, if, if for guys looking to maybe pick up a show or, or, you know, watch a movie with free time, do you have one that you could recommend? <sighs> I, I, honestly, I don't. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I, I don't see myself or I, I can't put myself to just sit there and, and watch a show. My wife hates it because we'll, she'll be like, well, what's on Netflix? And I, I can't pick anything because I, I, I just don't want to just sit there and, and start something new. But um, I'm, you know, big sports. I, I just love watching sports. I love competition. So college basketball, um, NBA basketball, baseball, football is, is generally what I kind of, kind of stick to, um, kind of TV show. I, I like right now, uh, I actually like uh, law and order, um, the new one, what's, um, organized crime. Kind of like that one right now. All right. Uh, Yellowstone, did you get any, you got any Yellowstone? Any? Have, haven't yet. I, I've seen, I watched it a little bit early, but just, just haven't had the opportunity to get into kind of, <laughs> you know, the, the toddler, you get, you get about, you know, you get about an hour and a half at night and oh yeah, sometimes it's just nice to sit down and do nothing, not have to, to focus on something. Plus I'm, you know, uh, somebody who likes to start something and finish it. I don't want to start an episode and, and go to sleep and have to worry well, about finishing it. Next yeah, time. I have to because uh, I don't watch a whole lot of TV either. But I, 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 I the, 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 I've watched the bulk of that series, uh, binge watching it either, you know, like on a spring break or a, a Christmas break or, you know, something like that. So, um, but that's you know, if that's really about the only series that I that I actually have have watched lately. But all right, we'll we'll close out with this one. Okay, this is a curveball. I didn't I didn't send this one to you, so you right. don't know where I'm coming from here, but. Um, for guys who are listening, I'm, I, we're, we're looking at each other on Zoom here. You got a really nice beard there. It's shaped up well. It's edged up. Thank Obviously, you, you take you. care of it. So, you know, for those guys out there who are rocking the beard, give us your beard routine and some some tips on on keeping that thing looking nice. I don't. <laughs> I don't have any. I, I hate beard oil. Um, I hate beard bomb. I don't want to. It's just messy and just time consuming. I'm somebody who. I set my, I got three alarms. I wake up at the, on the last one. And so, sometimes it's a panic wake up. I give myself just enough time to get out of bed, but you know, uh, blessed, blessed, you know, he took my hair and <laughs> took all the cartilage in my joints. And <laughs> so he left me with a good beard and, um, kids kind of gave me some help cause I told him I'd trim it, um, after the state championship game. And I took about three, four inches off of it. 
Um, our other defensive line coach shaved the whole thing off and I did that 10 years ago and I swore I'd never, never take all, all the facial hair off my face again because I just look stupid, especially with no hair on my head. So, um, but just, just the only thing I got, got to my name is a good looking beard. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's nice and it's, it's shaped. It, what I, here's the deal. Like I can't grow a beard like that. Uh, it gets pretty scraggly. Um, but what I, what, what is, what I can appreciate is that you got it looking nice. You know, some guys just let it get all gross and disgusting looking. And, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, well, you could probably, um, you know, get some, get some, get some beard oil sponsorships or something like that. I don't know if, if, yeah. if, if that's something, some, um, name, image and likeness deals, uh, for your beard. If, if you ever wanted to go that route, well, coach, uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us and, and wanted to, uh, just again, congratulate you guys on, on your state championship and wish you the best of luck this off season as you look to, to repeat again in 2022. Hey coach. I appreciate it. You know, like I said, it's, it's exciting to be here. This first um, opportunity I got to do anything like this. So uh, hopefully somebody gets something out of it. Really appreciate coach Beeler for joining us today. Go and follow him on Twitter at the coach Beeler. And if you want to send him an email, you can do so. His email address is Matthew. A. Beeler at kdisd.org. All that information can be found in today's show notes. So go back and check that out. I know Coach Beeler would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can interact with us on Twitter at KYPD Podcast or email us at KYPD Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Coach Taylor 53. Hey, if you're liking what you're hearing on KYPD, do us a favor and go and leave us a five star rating and a review and help us spread the word about our podcast here. Our quote of the day goes like this. Most people don't want to be part of the process. They just want to be part of the outcome. But the process is where you figure out who's worth being part of the outcome. Great quote there. You know, it reminds me of the, of the book, The Little Red Hen, uh, you know, that my grandma used to read to me. Uh, and I, I guess I still read to my kids today. So, uh, you know, there you go. There's my coaching book recommendation for the week. Go read The Little Red Hen and then get to work. But for real, you guys uh, have a great week. You may want to go ahead and get on that Valentine's Day gift. Don't be that guy who swings by the gas station on the way home on the day of and, you know, grabs a candy bar and a card out of the 99-cent rack. You're better than that. Treat your lady right. Get her something nice. But just as important, always remember, keep your pads down.